Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Memphis Hardwood. Your Memphis Grizzlies have won 10, no, 11 games in a row, tying a franchise record for the most consecutive wins, a record they just set last year. (laughs) And they're on the verge of breaking it. They're going to take on the lowly Lakers. This weekend, and boy, I can't wait to watch him trounce LeBron and company. Anyway, before we get to that and anything else, I'm talking all high and mighty, but good grief. That's the Grizzlies way. I mean, they're just crushing everybody. Marvin, how you doing? Get in here, my friend. I'm doing good. You know, as you were saying crush LeBron and the Lakers, I thought to myself, man, that is the classic trap game, is it not? Yes, it is the classic trap game, but... You could have argued that any of the games on this win streak would have been the classic trap game. Now, the stakes for the Lakers game were are going to be higher because they're going to be on national TV playing ESPN primetime with LeBron, you know, and whoever else is on the Lakers. Um, and so, yeah, it is going to be there's a possibility for Marv. I just I don't know if this team fits into some of those traditional molds. Uh-huh. In terms of thinking about like the classic trap game right now, what's going to be challenging is the Grizzlies. I mean, I hate to, I, w- I wanted to lead off the podcast by basically asking, will the Grizzlies ever lose again? <laughs> because you watch, you watch a play right now and it's easy to think, especially after the game last night. I mean, they could have lost that game on so many different occasions. Every single time the Grizzlies hit a three pointer the Cleveland Cavaliers would turn around and they would say, oh, you wanted a little space between us and you? No, and they'll knock down a three-pointer. Darius Garland was transcendent. What a great freaking player. Oh, man. What a great player. So I I guess like I coming into this game, I'm like, okay, well, the Grizzlies could have lost that game last night, you know, and I I told my wife, Natasha, I said, the Grizzlies are going to play a really important game tonight. And who would have thought even a year ago, we would have been saying the Grizzlies versus the Cleveland Cavaliers is an important game, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it was, it was a hugely important, incredibly important. And and so, I mean, could have been a trap game last night because the the Cavaliers are no freaking joke, dude. No, no, uh -uh, they're good. Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen are beasts. Their back line of bigs. I mean, it's not often we look at bigs on the other side and say, oh, wow, we're going to have a we're going to have a load on our hands because so many teams play small at the four, not Cleveland. Mm. They play huge and the physicality of the game. I mean, honestly, I'm still sort of like animated by the whole thing. I might watch it again tonight because it was so good. So I don't I had a tough time calming down last night. And I had had, and I had had one of those games in a while to where I was just like, I mean, even though I've been like thinking, okay, better better discipline with social media late at night, you know, like sleep hygiene, all, all yeah, this yeah. really oh, responsible yeah. stuff. And I was just like, I just could not be like, I could not get enough like Grizzlies commentary about the game and seeing every last <laughs> angle of the highlight, you know, the block at the end and people getting yeah. in people's faces and like, what, you know, oh, I thought that, that I thought that game, we'll spend a few minutes on that because yeah. I thought that game was an excellent test for the Grizzlies. And by the way, Coach yeah. Jenkins was buzzing in the exact same way as fans after the game. I mean, you could tell in his post-game press conference and just his comments. Like they were they were like, Well, what did you say to the players about this game? He was like, Well, there was a lot going on, so I said a lot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
because this was a this was a very important game for a number of reasons, Marv. But most importantly, the Grizzlies have not played many games like that this season. I know. Because they've been running guys out of the gym routinely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've and when they have that. a letdown, it, it's usually a letdown, right? Like they, they either, yeah, close games have been a, a real rarity. Yeah. At the beginning know? of the year, I remember there were a number of playoff intensity battles just to start the year. And I'm like, oh my God, it's freaking October, November. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's late April or early May. But once right. the Grizzlies caught their stride, and especially once Jaron Jackson Jr. came back, and we've talked about this before, there are, there are games when he's on the floor, Marv, where it doesn't look like the the opposing offense can do anything when mm-hmm. he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now the Grizzlies have vaulted to the first best defense in the league. Wanted to make sure to get that in. I've got a whole uh, a whole bevy of stats here to share. I believe we displaced Grizzlies. Cleveland. We did. Yes, as a result <laughs> of the game last night. So, yeah, I mean, I I knew a stat. I want credit for that. No, just because usually you're better at the stats and the knowledge. So I brought a piece of knowledge to the table. Yes. Yes. Did you did you find that in your late night scrolling? I'm just curious. You know, I think I picked it up a couple of within this past week. Yeah. 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 We have we have narrowly moved ahead um, of the Cleveland Cavaliers and yeah. defensive rating. So right now the Memphis Grizzlies have a defensive rating of 109.1, the Cleveland Cavaliers 109.4. So they're allowing a huge 3 tenths of 1 point more than the Grizzlies are. So yes, mm-hmm. we've, we've moved into a commanding lead here. Um but I mean seriously, no shade at the at the Cavs. What a great No, team. they're great. What a great team. And and shout out to our old friend JB Bickerstaff. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that's cool. No, absolutely. It's good to see his success. Yeah. And, you know, it was also good. Uh, Chris Harrington wrote the uh, wrote the game follow up today and it was great. You know, he was talking about how that was Jaron Jackson Jr.'s first NBA coach in the league. J.B. Bickerstaff. He was here when Jaron was a rookie. And yeah, he also, I read that. Yeah. yeah. And he also coached Dylan Brooks as a rookie. Yeah. And so just, you know, super cool to to have J.B. back in town. Yeah. But. No, I thought that I th- here's another reason I thought that the game last night was so good for the Grizzlies. It was very physical. That was that was one of the more physical games that the Grizzlies have played all season long, Marv. Yeah. People were sweaty. I, I just noticed a lot. Of, people were really like, ring these guys out and give them the towel. <laughs> Their sh- shirts too. were all soaked, you know? Absolutely. They were going hard. Um yeah. And, you know, it was physical on both sides. Like, you know, there was a play where Desmond Bain just ripped the ball out of, I think it was Darius Garland's hands, uh, one of their uh-huh. guards, just took the ball away from him. And yeah. early on, it worked against the Grizzlies because they were not getting foul calls. They were going to the rim. They were getting in yeah. the painted area and they were not earning trips to the free throw line. And that was frustrating. The Grizzlies were visibly frustrated. And I think that they just they had to be calmed down. I mean, that mm-hmm. was just a core part of it. And uh, those are my colleagues. The UPS man is here, so we'll uh, we'll have to have the producers see if they can. Uh, Your canine colleagues? They're 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 my not canine colleagues. We'll have to see if the producers <laughs> can can eliminate that. Yeah. Um. But no, it was it was really good. I think for the Grizzlies to face that physical test because, um, when the playoffs come around, they do let guys play more. They don't. They they are they're increasingly de-emphasizing hand checks That's and these true. other kind of fouls. And I think the Grizzlies needed to gut out a win, Marv. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to say they've become complacent because I don't think that's true. 
But I also think that they need to be reminded that, you know, that this kind of success doesn't come easy, sustained success in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Mm -hmm. And there are guys coming every single night who want it just as bad as you do and who may have just as much talent on their team as you do. So where do you go as an individual player? Where do you go as a team when you face that kind of challenge? And I think the Grizzlies had to face that last night. And they dug down deep, you know, they, they, they rung that extra little bit of, um, I'm going to forget the, the, the term here, but there's something in like competitive rowing, right? I don't know why I'm thinking about this right now, but the idea here is that the breathing in and breathing out, the, the, the oxygen comes in and, and the muscles do what they do where they're rowing, but to win at competitive rowing, uh, you kind of have to get out of your muscles. I think the word is anaerobic where you yeah. are actually producing more energy than or and or than than the oxygen you're intaking. Yep. And it means kind of like spending yourself past the point that you normally would. Yep. Uh and I think that's exactly what uh it was a matter of desire at the end that broke the tie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, let's also just not forget really the three plays that sealed that game. And, and Harrington wrote beautifully about it this morning. So shout out to Chris Harrington. Great, great writer, great basketball writer. First of all, on the second to last play of the game, Jaron got switched onto Darius Garland. And I'm pretty sure the Cavaliers were doing that on purpose. And Jaron did what he has done so well and so consistently throughout the season, which is he allowed Darius Garland to get on his hip, get slightly in front of him, and then he used his length... <laughs> But to go mm-hmm. over the top, right? Yeah. Block and 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 block the shot. And yeah. so then the Grizzlies get a possession on the other end. John Morant takes the ball straight to the rack. He misses. And what happens? Steven Adams mops up the offensive rebound. Game winning. Incredible. Ball. Yeah. And then on the final play of the game, you get Dylan Brooks uh, on Darius Garland. And he'd already canned five freaking threes. Mm-hmm. So you've got Darius Garland on the perimeter. If you're Cleveland, you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Got the ball in his mm-hmm. hands. Final Final shot of the game. And here comes Dylan Brooks. And I just was so happy for Dylan Brooks. Me <laughs> in too. In that moment, man. <laughs> Me too. Redemption. Like, you know, just, uh, whatever critics. I, I, I just think, like, the, the, the people who are pro Dylan, like, the argument is now convincingly and, and succinctly and completely won. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine... Uh, is he going to take an ill-advised shot in the future? You bet. No doubt. You know, about it. Uh, but hey, he also takes some of those and makes them. So, like, I just think people have to understand the things he brings to the team are worth the outlier bad decisions. Uh, because I mean, he plays with such force. I mean, you know, we talk about playing with force. Well, there's force, but then there's like Dylan Brooks' force. Yeah. And then what you what you just saw at the end of the game was. Dylan Brooks force plus because like that was the most intense lockdown defense you could ask for. I mean, there there was just like that. He didn't give, as you say, he turned the water off completely. Just not didn't even get a shot off, you know, exactly. Um, Just really played like the best defense you could, you could imagine on a fantastic player. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And I just want to give a quick shout out because we're talking about Dylan to uh, Matt Herdlicka, <clears throat> friend of the pod. And we may try to get him in here next week. We should. Marv, we because should. we're approaching the trade deadline and I think we need to dig into this. Um, and just want to spend a minute on this because we spent a lot of time talking last week about the Grizzlies wing rotation and whether we thought they had a wing problem. We concluded they didn't. All the solutions are on the roster. However, Dylan Brooks will become an unrestricted free agent after this season. Mm -hmm. And there are some pretty challenging things that the Grizzlies are going to have to sort out in terms of payroll, roster, how much they can offer Dylan to make sure he stays. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to actually read a little bit here um, from his, his blog post. So this is what Matt says. He says, I also think the Grizzlies will be looking to add a player who can play the two slash three, not to replace Dylan, but who could guard against Dylan leaving in free agency this summer, losing Dylan, losing Dylan for nothing in the off season. That would put a ton of stress on the Grizzlies wing rotation. Zaire Conchar, David Roddy. It's just not good enough to get the Grizzlies where they want to go. So let's say there's a 40% chance the Grizzlies get Dylan to stay at a number that is somewhat to their liking, a 45% chance they get him to stay at a number the league views as at best a neutral salary, and a 15% chance that Dylan walks. Then, 15% of the time, you're probably making a trade to bring in a wing next summer anyway. So having that wing already in the fold guards against you that 15% chance that Dylan walks away. But basically, what he's saying is that the Grizzlies... Even though we talked a lot last week about we don't necessarily have, quote, a wing problem we need to solve. What Herdlicka is saying basically is you don't have a wing problem right now, but you need some insurance in the event that you can't afford to pay Dylan to stay. Now, my mm -hmm. understanding of the, of the cap and, and, and uh, contracts and whatnot is that the Grizzlies can't offer him as a as a as a current player. Um, the, the amount that they would want to offer him or that, let me put it this way, that he'd win on the, the free market. So they mm -hmm. have to wait until this summer to negotiate that. Now, I don't think that there's any prohibitions against them having some conversations now and maybe coming to a number, but my guess is Dylan is going to say to them, look, I want to stay focused on basketball. I bet he's like, I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to be focused on the next game. We're playing the Lakers on Friday night, right? Or Saturday. I can't remember which one it is. I'll mm -hmm. look it up here in a minute. Mm -hmm. So the, the point there being, does Dylan have value? Yes, of course he has value. Is that the wing that you want on your team? In my opinion, yes. I mean, yeah. if you can get OG, OG Ananobi down here, okay, well, let's have that conversation. But regardless, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay more than you're paying him right now. I think he's getting 13 or $14 million a year. So that's one of the challenges that the Grizzlies are going to face. Now, one other piece of context. If the Grizzlies make it to the NBA finals this year, right? Maybe that changes Dylan Brooks's own thinking, but you have to also remember, like, you know, just watch Dylan play. What kind of personality does he have? Do you think he'll turn down a higher number to stay at a place like Memphis because he's on a championship team, because he gets to play with John Morant, right? Do you think he turned down a higher number to go to another team where he could be maybe, maybe the alpha guy? I think that that is something you have to be very mindful of as a Memphis, as yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies. You see what I'm saying, Mark? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's that's uh, that is concerning. I obviously I want to keep Dylan Brooks, uh, and 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 obviously you know the he's he's 
well, I guess all players that are good players that are succeeding at this level have to at some point be thinking about, you know, championship pedigree, right? And 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 hey, they've uh they've got a they've got a, a three-time champion on their on their bench now and Danny Green uh to kind of like occasionally just think must be nice to have three rings, you know. But in, yeah. in the next in the next breath, they can also say, "Dude's got rings from all sorts of different teams." So you know, um, I don't know. I don't think I, I think it's worth something to know that he's on a trajectory that sure looks like they're the Grizzlies are in a zone where they're going to be taking that puncher's chance at rattling off some championships, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, he has a limited window to make as much money as he can. Uh, yeah, it, it's hard. It's Yeah, yeah. It, these are the exact factors that I'm sure he himself is, is, is like weighing when he has time to really just sit there and think about it. Yeah, for um, sure. Wow, yeah. Well, so, I certainly don't want to see him go. Well, of course not. But but I it just adds a little bit of urgency. And we'll see if we can't get Herdlick on here next week to talk more about this. But it just adds a little bit more urgency at the trade deadline. Um, yeah. Because the Grizzlies are not going to have nearly as much success in free agency trying to get a wing. You're going to you're going to pay more anyway uh-huh. than if you can package a deal and you can get some somebody in a trade. So, just something to think about. And I think it's especially important given that Dylan probably won the game for the Grizzlies last night. I mean, it's possible mm-hmm. Darius Garland would have missed the shot, but isn't it good that we don't even have to ask the question <laughs> of whether he would have missed it? Right? Like for sure. I mean, it for is sure. good that we have to ask that question. And so, and so, shout out to Dylan Brooks. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies defense, as we've talked about, Marv, has just been uh, it's been on point. Um, and the Grizzlies yeah. overall in the NBA, they have the second best net rating in the league, only behind the Celtics. And by the way, they're ahead of both the Nuggets and the Cavs at five point seven. Um, and that's that's usually the greatest predictor uh, of a championship team is your net rating. Um, and the Grizzlies right now, five point seven. Celtics 6.7. That's very good. But typically championship teams, yeah, have have between like a five, you know, to seven um net rating. So, you know, the, and I think the Grizzlies will continue to p- perform really well. Now, the number one D in the league, we talked about that. Grizzlies continue to play really well in fast break, 18.5 fast break points per game. Best in the league in paint points, 59.4. They play at the fifth fastest pace in the league. Third in the league in screen assists. Thank you, Steve-O. Fourth most yeah. bench minutes in the league. So they rely on their bench way more than most teams. They lead the league in rebounds, second in blocks, tied for fourth in points per game with Golden State. So continuing to inch up the board even as an mm-hmm. offensive team, Mark. Mm-hmm. So when you look at this, I mean, obviously last night, what an electric game. But when you look at this 11-game winning streak, right? And we're going to try to go for 12 and see if we can't break the record. What stands out to you most about this team, Marv, when you, when you take a look at uh, what's going on? Well, we've talked about before about uh, the play of Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Uh, and how that is really going to be, uh, if, if that trends in the right direction, uh, there goes the Grizzlies, you know, like, so yeah. uh, it's a pivotal importance. I mean, there are all sorts of other levers, uh, the play of Tyus Jones, the play of John Moran, like all the players, it, 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 they're yeah. all variables. But it's like everyone else is consistently trending in the right direction, whereas with Jaron, there's been some vacillation back and forth. Oh, he's got it figured out. Oh, old ways creeping in. Yeah. Uh, but now I think he's he's actually on a, on on a on an imp- back toward the the good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think and I think last night's game was a a a absolutely 
uh, an indication of like, in other words, I'm very encouraged because look how he played with, with five fouls. He still played with like ferocity. Oh, yeah. uh, and so I think, I think when you combine the fact that he's learning how to play with force without getting fouls yeah, uh, and like, several people in my Twitter feed have like been digesting the whole stat line about how like the whole uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. fouls too much thing is actually a tired, you know, like talking point. Like it's not actually valid anymore. Yeah. So, uh, and then the people have backed that up with a statistical analysis, which is helpful. Um, yep. So I think Jaron is trending in the right direction. And I just think everybody else is... Bl- Dylan, Dylan was a question mark. Is he going to accept his role and play within that? I think the answer to that is clearly yes, a resounding yes. John Morant's three-point shot got better. John Morant's as explosive as as ever. Tyus Jones is playing his best basketball. Zaire is rounding back into form. Uh, Desmond Bain has rounded back into form, gloriously so. Yeah. Uh, And then, I mean, it's like, we're playing fantastic. Brandon yeah. Clark. Yeah. Like, so we're all playing better. Yeah. And, but the biggest swing th- variable is Jaron. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's all trending, right. And it's like, I think you see a dynamite team that's surging still. Yeah. Not only is it all trending, right. So over the last 20 games, Jaron is a plus 9.5. That's his net rating, right? Mm-hmm. Over the last 15 games, nine, over the last 10 games, 12. Over the last five games, 12.6. Mm-hmm. So your eyes are not deceiving you. He's getting better. Yeah. Over the last 10 games, right? Over that over that win streak plus, four blocks a game, 1.2 steals, only 3.4 personal fouls, 8.2 rebounds. That would be a career high. Mm-hmm. He's grabbing a couple offensive rebounds per game. That's been noticeable to me. He's shooting yeah. 40, 42% from three. Holy cow. And his overall field goal percentage is 55. Yeah. So, and he's doing that in 28 minutes per game, averaging 18 points. So, Trip, you're absolutely right. He has been, he's just been amazing. And I'll tell you what, what has been most impressive to me. And again, shout out Chris Harrington you know, uh, my greatest Grizzlies interlocutor. It has been amazing to watch how he gets to his spot when he's going for two point baskets, Marv. Yeah. His balance, his ability to find his spot without getting offensive fouls, to use his Mm -hmm. length, to just Mm -hmm. plant his feet and then just go straight up and rise up over guys. That is a level of maturity from him Mm -hmm. offensively that I've Mm -hmm. observed over the last 10 games. Yeah. And then you add Steve-O playing his best basketball of his career, uh, you know, essentially flirting with uh, out uh, outdoing Dennis Rodman on the offensive rebound, like literally shattering his record or whatever the percentage is. Yeah. Like, uh, Rodman at his best, like he's outperforming Rodman's best rebounding season. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 one of those all time high things that are surging in the right direction. And you know what else just occurred to me is yeah. the is the is the Santi Aldama perhaps finding his next level. Yeah, you know, and 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 then and then Roddy. I mean, there there are lots of things that are trending in the right direction. It could be somebody going from a a a total rookie level to like an a a decent improvement for a rookie, or maybe it's a third year player that you like. Okay, gotta got Santi Aldama 
like kind of slotted as to what he does. He's a decent backup for Jaron. And then he has a game like last night. Oh, I know. Y- yeah. You know, and it's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think David, I mean, I, well, let's start talking about Santi first. I mean, I think Santi is, he's your, he's your backup power forward. <laughs> I mean, just going forward, you continue mm. to go to Santi and he's homegrown. I mean, once again, right. Grizzlies draft him with the 30th pick last year. Um, and you know, he has a, a kind of a rough season, right? It's been kind of well-documented, just didn't get a lot of time. And then goes back to, uh, you know, goes back to his home, the Canary Islands <laughs> and spends a lot of time with Darko Ryakovich over the summer, really focuses on his game mm-hmm. and ends up starting in place of Jaron Jackson uh, to begin the season and has done an incredible job. And he's still, he's playing at the same level he was as a starter coming off the bench. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what, I want to know what you think about this. I feel like, I remember last season when Santi got sent down to, to play with the hustle. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking a little bit more of it as like, oh, what a de- what a demotion uh, because he's not playing well. Uh, but now if you think about how quickly they pull the trigger to go send rookies down to, to, to the hustle, uh, it, it's strange. Like, I, I wonder whether or not. Uh, the coaching staff is just using the hustle as a keep folks fresh, keep them learning, keep them progressing engine. I mean, I know they've always considered it as such, but I'm just saying, yeah, maybe they're realizing it's utility and are are going to it quicker because like, I don't think any time a lap now they're like, Oh, is there enough time to send you down to play a hustle game? I get down there. (laughs) See you soon. You know, whereas last year it seemed like, Oh, a lot of people were like, Oh man, Santi's getting sent down to the hustle. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then people said, well, you know, he'll get some reps. But like that was that seemed like a kind of like diss. Whereas yeah. now it just seems like go hit the weights or or, or or go go get some cardio time on the bike. Yeah. It's like it's a tool. Yeah, 100 percent I think that's exactly how they're using it. I think they're exa- I think, you know, because they sent Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, uh both of the, the rookies were not playing with the team last night. They were not on the bench. They were with the G League. And I think it's because, and and I don't know what Jake LaRavia ended up having, but Pete Pranica reported he had 27 points at halftime. <laughs> yeah. Get the young fella out there, right? Like, let him let him get out there and do what he's going to do. And get some run, right? Exactly. And, and yeah. it just dawned on me, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, you know, not every NBA team has their G League in the same city, or at least in the same uh um, statistical area yeah uh what like so the proximity of having the hustle play in south haven is so easy there's no like weren't they in like weren't the hustle in like iowa city or something for a few years or i can't but yeah some midwestern spot but you know that requires a plane flight that requires like logistics somebody's gotta get the ticket you gotta fly there you can get your bags and stuff like that's it's much easier to be like Head down there to South Haven, which honestly, because we've got such a great team morale and such great team chemistry, it also makes it to where like Danny Green can pop down. And I think, you know, it's it wasn't lost on Danny Green that John ja Morant came to Summer League, went yeah. down to South Haven. Yeah. And so Danny Green's, I think, is trying to show with every sign that he can pull the trigger on. Yeah. He wants to stay Absolutely. Uh, and that he's invested in the team and he's already contributing, 
uh, as that veteran in the locker room. I think incredibly usefully so. Yeah. Um, and so, gosh, I really hope we don't like trade him at the deadline. I, I really don't think we will. I really think we want to play him and use him. Uh, but so I'm really would be kind of like crestfallen yeah. uh, if, if we trade him at like before the trade line. Yeah. Deadline. Well, and I think anyway. it's just going to go back to some of the considerations around Dylan, right? Like, cause Danny green can't play Dylan Brooks's role, right? He he'll be a great role player off the bench for the Grizzlies. But he yeah. can't. We, you're going to need a defender at that level, and 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 Herdlicka was talking all about that as well. Like whether you're talking about you know um, uh, the Golden State Warriors, whether you're talking about Sacramento, whether you're talking about Denver and Jamal Murray, all these teams have elite guards that you have to lock down who can light you up every single night. So I agree with you. I think Danny Green mm-hmm. is a really good part of this team. He's a really he's got a really good dynamic going with the Grizzlies, um, even just as a bench guy and as a locker mm-hmm. room guy. Mm-hmm. And that's not insignificant. Every team really needs that. But we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to wait and see. Um I want to talk for just a second about David Roddy, just because yeah. um, you know, you, you we just talked about how good, you know, he's been. Um overall this season, David Roddy, he's in some uh you know, he's, 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 he's doing, he's doing some good things, especially here recently. So, oh, he's played seven games, um, over the last 10 and he is plus 4.0 in those games. He's got a positive plus minus, um, his, his free, his three point shooting up to 33% over the last 10 games. Mm-hmm. You could, if you dial into the last uh, five games, it's up to 55%, right? Small sample size. But sure. the point is he's been shooting the ball. Uh, much better and so mm-hmm. again like you're seeing some things from david roddy that that you like to see you know from a rookie so for santi um overall this year 41 games he's plus two uh in those games um he's got about a block about a steal uh per game shooting 39 percent from three on three and a half attempts for santi wow amazing yeah um over this little stretch run i think this is in part because he's been coming off the bench um, last five games, 0.2 and plus minus, uh, and over the last 10, he's minus 0.3. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, he's right there. He's kind of like riding neutral, but of course he's playing with the bench crew. Right. And so that can be, that can be really difficult over his last uh, 15 games. He's plus 1.1 shooting 45% from three on three attempts per game. So, I mean, Santi, mm-hmm. I mean, he's giving you more than you certainly than you expected coming into this year. Um, yeah. So yeah, great gratitude, great gratitude for Santi. Um, shout out Santi. Well, one other guy you mentioned that we got to talk about mm-hmm. just briefly is Steve-O. Um, he is, uh, <laughs> he's a beast, man. Over yeah. the last 10 games or five games, he's plus 10. Um, his rebounding, he's averaging 12.2 rebounds over the last 10 games, 14 rebounds plus eight. <laughs> Um, he's got, he's averaging a block a game right now. Um, and he's, and he's playing 28 minutes, Marv. So, I mean, the Grizzlies, they're the bigs. I mean, we're talking about the bigs and the wing rotation, just continue, just, just continue to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that stands out to you about this recent stretch? Cause, cause I've got one thing I wanted to share with you. Yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So I just, I think Desmond Bain has just been phenomenal. And I think we got to give Desmond Bain his flowers, right? So coming off the toe injury, um, you know, he's only played eight of the last uh, 11 games, but in those eight games, he's plus 11.1. 
He's shooting 52% from three on 6.5 attempts per game. And he's playing 29 minutes. He's mm. also given you six rebounds per game over the mm. last over the mm. last eight games since he's been back. And I'd say, you know, he was shaking the rust off a little bit, right? For some of those. Sure. But just to see those numbers so over the last five games, <laughs> he's shooting 60.6 from three. On 6.6 attempts per game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Plus 12.0, four assists, five rebounds, a steal every single game um, with minimal turnovers. So I've just noticed Dez, he's he's being more of a playmaker. He's getting his own shot. He's giving you everything that you want offensively Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. continuing to be a, a strong serviceable, um, you know, a strong and serviceable player on defense. And again, Mm -hmm. 30th pick in the draft, Desmond Bain. How many teams are kicking themselves today and every day they watch Desmond Bain play basketball? Uh, All the ones that passed him over. Yeah, and that would be pretty much every other team in the league. Every other team. That's right. So, yeah, the Grizzlies have just been – it's been such a fun stretch um, to watch to watch these guys. One other player we got to we got to talk about here, and we'll talk a little rotations and we'll head out of here, Marv. Got to talk about Brandon Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he's just, I just think he's been, I just think he's been sensational. He He's found a rhythm with his game, Marv. Yeah. That just feels, I don't know, sustainable. Like this is who he is and this is what he can do. I think that he had some health issues last year, potentially yep. that just didn't make him as, as springy. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, he's been good over this stretch. I think the bounce is back. Uh, uh, you could argue the bounce was back last year as to, as as compared to the previous year, which was I think the injury year where it nagged in the worst. But uh, not only is he doing what he's really good at and doing it well, I think he's reached a comfort level within that and is is adding the occasional flourish of things that are not his has has not previously been his game. Yeah. Like I've seen him, there were a couple of like, I want to say like kind of like given goes that weren't really kind of in the style of what he normally does that resulted in buckets. Yeah. Uh, and there have been a couple of like mid-range shots that he pulls up and takes. They're not a lot, but a few of them that are just yeah. like jump shots where I'm open. I'm normally not shooting outside of the short push shot. But it's it's like it's more like twelve feet out, but he's wide open. He just rises up and sh- takes the jump shot. Yeah, and it's and those have not been. Oh my god, I got to get a shot up. Now I'm not talking about a desperation. No, shot no, no, no. Out of character. I'm talking about a shot well within. He could have easily kicked it back out, but he's like, I know how to make a twelve foot jump shot. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's been doing that. So like I, I think, I mean, you know, like players could always grow right so like uh yeah, yeah. anyway he's been playing he's been playing his best ball uh and um and just like the intensity that he brings that and one that he got uh i guess it was last night or no 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 it was, it was a phoenix game uh where the guy really just hacked him hard oh and yeah he's, and he still managed to like throw it down yeah uh, really hard one-handed uh was uh was a real gutty kind of like guys picking him up off the floor like what you know pushing him in the chest kind of yeah. thing yeah 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 you know and i just think i just think we're surging 
we're surging. And it's like, if you can play, I, I guess there's, in a way, there's two things that you can do uh, from your point of like, oh, wow, we're on a big win streak. You can either A, kind of let it go to your head and or kind of relax and coast a bit because you'd be like, we got this. We're gold. We, yeah. we're, we're ghosting. Like, or you can say, you can say, cool, from this position, what else can I do? And and I think that's the, that's the energy that the, uh, Grizzlies players are bringing. And I think Brandon Clark is an excellent example of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. BC, the, the jump shot, that's an awesome observation. I've noticed the exact same thing. Now he was out for, um, uh, six of the last four games, oh, excuse me, of the last 10 games. So he only played the mm-hmm. last four, mm-hmm. but in the last four, he's plus 14.3, <laughs> which is a, yeah. he's yeah. averaging two steals a game, uh, over his last four games. Um, and he's shooting 65% <laughs> from the floor. So <laughs> when BC puts a shot up, you pretty much can, can assume it's going to go down. Yeah. Um, he has been, he's been so confident. He's finding his spot. He's moving quickly. He's rising up. He's got that little jump shot, you know, from, um, uh, from the elbow, really, it's kind of an elbow jumper is what he's been doing. Mm. And it's great to see him knocking that down with confidence. I've got to look up this statistic, but I am confident that Brandon Clark has to be among the league leaders in and one shots, especially for a person of his minutes. He's constantly getting fouled. On his way yeah, yeah. And so I just, I got to look that up. I'll make a commitment to do that before next time. You got to run some like advanced stats to like figure that out. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's just been, he's just been phenomenal, Marvin. And your point about, you know, what do the Grizzlies do when you're playing so well, right? Like, how do you respond to that? Um, I think that's really important because the Grizzlies are now going on a five game road trip. So they're going to be playing over the next eight days, five, uh, five games on the West coast. So that's going to start with the Lakers tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be 9 PM Memphis time. So that's a late game, but it's Friday night. So go nuts. Um, they'll be playing against go. the Suns. They'll be revisiting the Suns in the Valley of the Sun on Sunday afternoon. That'll be a 7 p.m. game, Memphis time. Yeah, they'll have it in for us too. No doubt about it. And I mean, yeah, listen, no. they got off to a good start, and they're a good team even without Devin Booker. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. a very good team with him. So mm-hmm. we'll have to yeah. see what happens with the Suns. Then they got to go visit De'Aaron Fox in the Sacramento Kings Oh my gosh. on Monday night. That's going to be a late game again for uh, Memphis. That's going to be nine 30 Monday night. So uh, oh, wow. you have to, you have to fortify yourself, steal yourself for the effort. Um, then the Grizzlies are heading on Wednesday. So at least there's no back to backs. They're heading on Wednesday uh, to take on the Warriors next week. Oh so my. they'll be, what a jeez. Uh, I know. So this is going to, this is the longest road trip of the season. So they'll play the Warriors. Uh, that will be a big measuring stick game for the Grizzlies. I mean, they need to be able to go into San Francisco and show those guys what's what. And then finally, they'll conclude yeah. with a game against the Timberwolves. And even though the Timberwolves have been slumping, you know, that's no, you don't pencil that in as a win on the road. No, Definitely you don't. Not. That's a tough so, road trip, dude. So Marv, yeah. So, I mean, so what does it all mean? Well, it, let's hope that it means the Grizzlies are prepared um, for this, for this five game road trip and this West coast jaunt, because it's going to be a juggernaut and the Grizzlies cannot take any of those teams lightly. You don't take any team in the NBA lightly, but especially when you're playing on the road and yeah. you know, every single one of those teams will absolutely come out gunning for the Grizzlies. It's going to be, a t- it's going to be tough. 
it's going to be really that that's 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 a <laughs> that's a really tough thing and uh even though the warriors uh you know they they've they lost to the pistons at home they've lost some they've had some i i think bad losses oh yeah uh but uh there's a there's a mental thing about the warriors there's like this bad blood you know uh uh whatever the guy's name is that, you know, call it Draymond call, Clay. Yeah, well, he, 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 yeah. Both of those guys, both of them, there is significant like legitimate angst, you yeah. know, uh, with those dudes. And, um, you know, and it's like, I mean, and just the jostling, the, the, the champs play at home young. I mean, it's, it goes back to last <laughs> season. It's like, we've got to get that monkey off our back. We've yeah. got to go in there and kick the crap out of them. You know, we've got to like eviscerate them at home. No yeah, doubt. no doubt. I do think that's what is called for. Let's hope the Grizzlies are up for it. Hopefully the Grizzlies will have a pretty clean bill of health. So that's always a factor. Um, playing on the road is difficult, but it helps when you've got your full squad. So they'll kick it off tomorrow against the Lakers. You know, I'm superstitious enough that I usually don't talk smack, but I did talk smack at the outset against the Lakers <laughs> just because... I, I mean, know. honestly, it's, I wouldn't say those kind of things about many other teams. Um, but I just, the, the whole thing. So, so let me go on a quick tangent. Then we're going to wrap up. So if you don't want to yeah. hear my tangent, you can, thanks for tuning in. I <laughs> am so frustrated that the Grizzlies continue to not have a beat reporter from the athletic, which is now owned by the New York times. Yeah. That What's really, up with that? that really freaking frustrates me. And I'll tell you exactly what I think it is. It's all about money. So I don't think that there's as many eyeballs that are going to read stuff about Memphis. Now, where I think that that's, that's a stupid thing is you have John Morant on your team, right? He's literally one of, I think five, maybe eight at the most athletes in the NBA with their own shoe. Mm -hmm. He has a shoe with Nike. He puts up incredible numbers. He puts up highlight plays. He does things that you want to watch, read about and write about every single night. Right. And then watch him again. And then watch him again. My, I was <laughs> I, telling you before we got on the, my wife was an avowed, you cannot even talk about basketball around me. That's why in part I started this podcast, right? So we could get it out of my system. I know. Listen, yeah. last night when Ja had his little back thing, he had to go to the locker room for a second and get some treatment. Mm -hmm. She goes, is he coming back? And I was like, I don't know. I sure hope he is. And she's like, me too. He's so entertaining. <laughs> Right. Oh, <laughs> Natasha's caught the bug, perhaps. If my oh. wife can get into it, the freaking athletic can get us a dad gum beat writer. Exactly. Dereliction <laughs> of duty. Absolutely. You know, so, gosh. I, I've even together, added New York Times. Sheesh. I've I've added John Hollinger on Twitter because he's the only guy who writes about the freaking Grizzlies. And he was a former executive, you know, and he does a good job. He's like pretty down the middle. He's it's not like a homer for the Grizzlies. But anyway, come on, athletic. We've got one of the most exciting athletes in the world playing in Memphis. Least you can do is get us a beat writer. All right. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah, that's just not right. No. Are there other NBA? Or we're not the only NBA team. In I, I wanted to do a little bit of research, but I'll tell you one thing. New Orleans has a beat writer. I know that for sure. William Gilroy. I read his stuff just because, you know, I keep up with Jonas Valanciunas mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the Pels are good this year. So um, sure. Keep up with them. Um, I'm 90% sure that uh, Denver has one as well. I don't, don't like fully quote me on that, 
But yeah, most most of the other teams in the league, the freaking Detroit Pistons, <laughs> they have the freaking beat writer. It was Omari Sankofa Jr. He used to write for the Athletic for the Grizzlies. And that's why I signed up for an athletic subscription. I wanted to read Omari. He did an awesome job um, writing about the Grizzlies. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue to do our part. We're going to continue to talk about the Grizzlies. I know that's for sure. So let's, let's, maybe we might be needing to make that a submission of, of this basketball season to like, yeah. I don't know who we need to pester or who we need to tag on Twitter. Yeah. Let's get that fixed. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> seriously. And you can't like call the athletic. You know what I mean? It's not like you can't get somebody on the phone, like Comcast. I need to talk to you about this problem. So it's like, yeah. a. so anyway, yes. If anybody has any information, you're listening to the pod, hit us up. Uh, you can comment on these posts on Facebook. You know, it's pretty easy to get in touch with us. You know, anyway, yeah, I might, I might, I might bother Olga Kazan about this because I, I got to kind of knowing her a bit back from my St. Jude Children's Research Hospital days. And uh, she, yeah, she writes about science and, and healthcare, right? But she, but she's a great writer. Uh, and uh, uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm thinking of totally of a different outlet. Yeah. Strike that from the record. But yeah. I might bother Strict her about it. it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> why not? Let's whoever whoever we need to talk to, we're going to do it. Anyway, bringing it back to the Lakers. I mean, that's part of the issue is I have is like you. There's so many freaking articles about the Lakers, and I'm like, who cares? Who cares? But it's all about money and eyeballs. And so the reason they keep writing articles about the Lakers is because there's two basketball teams in Los Angeles because it's such a massive market. So there's just more people. And of course, you know, I know the Lakers have won on the chip, but they stink this year. Mm-hmm. They stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is about content. It is about eyeballs. And that is what, about revenue. But like, I mean, what's OK? What are these reporters uh, uh do like well like what what do they find what they find is a depressing story of a bunch of infighting of a bunch of pampered like kind of like fussy zillionaires yeah you know and and, okay whoever the guy that's filling in for um oh crap there's some guy that like wouldn't be getting the playing time if it weren't for the injuries that have happened uh with the lakers uh, yeah brian their their center um I can't remember the guy, but there was some feature read on him. And it's like, okay, he's making the most of it. And he's, and he's, he's showing that he's, got, Thomas, that he's great. Thomas Bryant. Yeah. I think, I think that's who you're talking yeah. about. He's, he's playing center because Anthony Davis is out right now. That's the guy. That's the yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, okay, that's an interesting feature. And if I love the sure. Lakers, I mean, who, who doesn't like to see the, Oh, the guy who was pretty good. Well, who knew he'd get a chance, but he's making the most of it. That's an interesting story. Yeah. But yeah, like, otherwise it's just yeah. like, yeah, I see the Lakers crap float, float by in my like, Hey, check it out feed. You know, all this stuff that's like suggested oh, yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah, this yeah. guy likes basketball. Certainly he cares about the in-depths of like, you know, the, 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 the saga behind the scenes of the Lakers water boy, you know, like, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. get this out of here. And, and I'm really, I'm not really trying to throw shade at the Lakers. Uh, you know, I'm I'm more trying to talk about the way in which things are covered in the NBA and how ridiculous it is that John Morant's team doesn't have a beat writer. <laughs> that's Thank my main that's my main beef, right? Really not trying to sh- throw shade at the Lakers. And I've tried to think about that more because like with Pete and Brevin on the broadcast, we are very lucky to have Pete Brevin and Rob Fisher as our as our guys. Yeah. Now, I used to, when I'd watch NBA League Pass, I used to tag them and be like, um, Oh yeah, you know, Pete and Brevin are so amazing. And I know it because I'm watching this other stinky broadcast. <laughs> and what I noticed is that Pete and Brevin, particularly Pete, would say, Hey, look, there's he wouldn't say this to me. He would just say generally, there's great guys out here trying to do good things. 
And they're really distinguished like play-by-play guys, right? And and Marv, where I've landed with that is you can be appreciative and love what you've got without having to be a hater on other things. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's really my point with the Grizzlies thing. I'm really not trying to throw shade at the Lakers. Part of it, too, is, you know, we're DIY underground guys. Like, we're always yeah. going to be about the underdog. So, you know, like for the Lakers and the Celtics, like, hey, great, have some good success. But we're going to be down here talking about the Grizzlies. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's it does really fit what, our personalities. You're absolutely right. 100%. So it's less about throwing shade at the Lakers, although they do stink this year. I mean, let's just be clear. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. They're not going to turn yeah. it around. Hollinger no. wrote all about that yesterday. He had an awesome piece about how the, the Grizzlies and the Nuggets are going to probably be in the Western Conference finals. Like 538 is predicting it with like, you know, some intense amount of certainty. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I mean, all these other teams, like even the Clippers, it's like, oh, you can battle back, but there's never been, you know, in the last, what did he say? There's some crazy statistics, but you have to finish in the top three seed in your conference to bake the NBA finals, pretty much. It's like a mortal lock. Like if you don't finish in the top three, you're not going to make it to the finals. And so he's, and it was like, he sort of concluded this article. I thought it was so good. I love him as a writer. He was like, yeah, so if you're rooting for the Lakers or the Clippers, like you might need a hug in three or four months. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, like those yeah. teams again, you know, and, and when the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were they stunk for for a number of years too. So, like, let's call mm-hmm. a spade a spade, right? And in the yeah. meantime, let's get some more coverage on the Grizzlies because you know we need some more fodder here to chew up Indeed. and talk about on Memphis hardwood. That's right. All right, y'all. Marv, we got to get out of here, bro. We do. I got to go pick up kids from school, et cetera, et cetera. But, All right, my uh, man. Always Thank- a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us. Go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. All right, y'all. Grizzlies five-game Western Conference road trip is coming up. It's going to be steep. They need your support. Let's key in. Let's support these Bears of Beale Street and hope that they can keep the streak going. We're currently at 11. Let's see if we can break the franchise record on tomorrow night, Friday night in L.A. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It has been another episode of Memphis Hardwood. We're grateful for your listenership. We look forward to seeing you next time. Take care and go Grizzlies.